Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. This is Donnie Copeland sitting in for the last time, uh, for the foreseeable future at least, for Doc Washburn. He'll actually be back. Uh, we're on episode 161, and uh, Doc will be back for episode 162. So looking forward to him being back. Thank you so much for uh, spending this time with me over the last several weeks. For some of you that may not know, Doc was running for governor of Arkansas and uh, fell short in that campaign. And, and so he is uh, now the voice of the resistance and uh, looking forward to him being back. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, the uh, next level of food inflation that is coming. And uh, it is said to be uh, the most devastating of all. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be talking about the U.S. government is even more corrupt than we first thought. And, uh, I, you know, I'd say over the last eight or ten years, but certainly the last even 20, 30 years, uh, and probably up to 40 or 50, we have seen an escalation of corruption in the U.S. government. And I think in the last, uh, especially since Trump, it has been really, uh, started with Obama. Well, let's go back to Bush and the weapons of mass destruction, and then Obama, uh, and then the attacks against uh, President Trump has just been rife with corruption. But it's even more corrupt than that, and we're going to be talking about that today. Some new evidence coming out against the Mueller uh, investigation or Mueller investigation. And and uh, you, you would have had to be, you know, blind, deaf, and dumb not to see the extreme... Um, uh, just just corruptness and graft that was connected to the, the whole Mueller thing and the FBI and, and Wiseman, the prosecutors, the Mueller hired, and on and on. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to be talking about uh, just the overall conspiracy. You know, uh, used to, the, the common thing was call us black helicopter people or uh, conspiracy theorist, and uh, what I'm going to be talking about toward the end of the episode today is, listen, it's not a theory if you can point to the conspiracy over and over and over again, and uh, we we see that, um, and we're gonna we're gonna bring up some of those uh, examples in the episode today. Uh, so thankful for our sponsors. We're thankful for Red River Your Way. We're also thankful for Justin Minton Law and then also for Art Wilborn who has uh, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. It's the plan that my wife and I have and we could not be uh, happier. Uh, also we're very thankful for uh, Edwards Jones Investments uh, specifically Jonathan Presswood uh, here in Arkansas and the great job that he does. And then last but certainly not least is uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com. This is Central Arkansas uh, Upper Cervical Center, and uh, they do great work. And Doc is a huge fan of theirs. He'll be talking more about that. And then we got a couple of more advertisers that looks like they're going to be joining us very soon. So we're just very thankful for everybody. Thankful for you being a part of the show. It uh, means the world to me to have you and uh, appreciate you so very much. Uh, let's dive right in today and uh, we're going to talk about some 
some things here that uh, I think are so pertinent. Um, but uh, let me let me pull this up. Uh, Doc sent me quite a bit of information, and uh, I thought it was really good. Um, Matt Walsh, uh, and these are just some, I'm kind of some overviews that won't get into the meat of the episode today. Uh, there should be armed security in every school in America. Most other government buildings have them. There are no reason to post such measures, measures unless you want children to die so that you can score political points off of it. Literally, the only reason to oppose security for kids. Uh, and that's true. That's Matt Walsh. Uh, uh, it's worth repeating. Uh, Jessica McMaster, a mom drove to Uval to the Uvalde school, got out of, uh, was handcuffed because she was wanting to go in and get her kids. She got out of handcuffs, hopped a fence, went inside the school, walked out with her two kids, all while night, 19 officers waited outside the classroom where the gunman was. And that's, that's just, that's Jessica McMaster. Um, that's bottom line. So a mother who was handcuffed, gets out of handcuffs, or at least was released, hops a fence, goes in and gets her two kids while 19 uh, or scores of policemen uh, stand outside. Um, Fulminaire uh, says, yeah, right, I'm going to judge him. Uh, President Biden must disarm the Secret Service immediately. And uh, that's obviously from Jim Treacher over at Substack. And that's kind of a ironic or, um, uh, you know, uh, sarcasm that President uh, Biden keeps, uh, our, our fake President Biden keeps uh, insisting that we disarm uh, people. And, and, of course, they say it's just uh, attack type or, or military style um, weapons, but we know that what, what their real intention is. And so Jim Treacher just turns it back on him and says, uh, President Biden must disarm the Secret Service. And I'm going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I talked about that some about the hypocrisy. Yeah, right. I'm going to judge him and judge you too. These kids die like animals in a slaughterhouse due to the, uh, to this punk, uh, Watch mother of Uvalde shooter speaks out. He had his reasons for doing what he did. This was the mother of the shooter said, don't judge him. And that's where the uh, fulminaire said, yeah, I'm going to judge him and judge you too. Uh, so that was the context of that. Um, uh, Mike Baker had a great piece in the, um, Let's see. It was on Twitter, but I was thinking it was maybe from something else. Uh, but he kind of goes through. Um, he said, Here, here's what he said. Uh, I've spent past few days researching. Let me let me see who Mike Becker is real quick. Yeah. Nar uh, National correspondent for The New York Times. Um, he says, I've spent the past few days researching the training of Uvalde officers, including the tactics they were expected to use to halt school shooters. The documents are jarring. Here's a thread of our findings so far. In the past two years, the Uvalde School District had hosted at least two active shooter training days. One of them was just two months ago before the shooting. The training included both classroom teaching and role-playing scenarios uh, inside school hallways. And they show pictures of it. 
uh, here. The Evaldi training session two months ago relied on guidelines that give explicit expectations for officers responding to an active shooter. The train is clear. Time is of the essence. The first priority is to move in and confront the attacker. Um, this is from the training material, Stop the Killing. Officer's first priority is to move in and confront the attacker. This may include bypassing the injured and not responding to cries for help from children. Stop the dying. Once the threat has been removed or isolated, distracted, and are neutralized, they should begin providing medical uh, aid to those most seriously injured and then evacuate the injured. He continues, but how should officers confront the gunman with a tactical team, question mark. The train says that probably that's probably not feasible because the urgency is so high. A sing, quote, a single officer, the train says, may need to confront the suspect on their own. And again, we go back to the actual training material. And it says most response to the active shooter training has been based on team tactics that normally leverage four or more officers operating as a cohesive sorry, cohesive unit to search for and neutralize the threats, threat or threats. Training historically involved forming a diamond or a T formation and rapidly advancing toward the sound of the gunfire. The tactics and techniques have a great deal of value when the resources to use them are immediately available. Uh, and then it goes on to say, um, time is the number one enemy during active shooter responses the short duration and high casualty rates produced by these events require immediate response to reduce the loss of life in many cases that immediate response means a single or solo officer's response until such times as the other forces can arrive the best hope that innocent victims have is that officers immediately move into action to isolate distract or neutralize the threat even if that means one officer acting alone. So we see very clearly here that the um, that this was not the case. It was not uh, at all um, uh, the case of what happened. Mike Baker goes on. Mike Baker, I'm talking about Mike Baker, a New York Times correspondent. The guidelines provide sobering clarity. The first officer may be risking their lives, but it says, Innocent lives take priority. A first responder unwilling to place the lives of the innocent above their own safety should consider another career field. This is in the training material itself. Um, let's see. As first responders, we must recognize the innocent life must be defended. A first responder unwilling to place the lives of the innocent above their own safety should consider another career field. Um, the training expectations are obviously in stark contrast to what we are seeing in Uvalde. Police officials have said that officers were reluctant to engage the uh, gunman because they could have been shot. Uh, again, I, uh, I talked about this uh, on the last episode, I believe it was episode 160, that, um, or let me go on, then I'll, I'll reiterate. Mike Baker, uh, New York Times correspondent, uh, pulling apart and diving into the training of these um, of these officers. The guidelines actually provide scenarios in which officers are shot, including one model after the Santa Fe High School shooting, also in Texas. The scenario explains that that if one officer is shot, the second is expected to go on responding solo. 
this is the highlighted area of the training materials themselves. Suspect will retreat to room and stay inside until officers approach and engage. Wounded role play officers will do what other officers says, but will focus on injury to arm and will not continue through the scenario. The officer is expected to go on responding solo. Uh, and so we see here. Uh, Mike Baker continues. Uh, it is, this is Mike Baker, uh, at, on Twitter at, uh, by Mike Baker. And, uh, and you can read this for yourself. Uh, he is a New York Times correspondent. He's taken all the training material from the officers, uh, that were responded. Uh, I say all the officers, the, the main school connected officers. It is clear that the officers did not follow the scenario this week. 19 officers staged outside the classroom. 78 minutes elapsed before they entered. Children repeatedly called 911 from inside. Uh, it was the wrong decision, top officer says. Uh, we'll continue to scrutinize the Uvalde response. Meanwhile, here's a look at nationwide training for active shooters. If you know children are being murdered, why do you wait? Get in there. Uh, that's the um, but anyway, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot here to uh, you know to unpack. Um, Linda Gray responds, it doesn't say anywhere in there that the heavily armed police should concentrate on handcuffing and pepper spraying distraught parents outside. Parents willing to go in and save their kids. Parents who only wanted to see some action. And the picture is adjoined with a, uh, a father being restrained and being, I don't know if he's tased, but he's actually literally being restrained. Uh, man, what a, what a, what a tragedy. And I'm, I'm going to tie this in as we wrap up tonight. Uh, and again, I'm Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn. This is the Doc Washburn podcast. And Doc will be back for episode 162. This is episode 161. And uh, he will be back uh, in the next, uh, well, tomorrow, actually. And so looking forward to him being back. I owed you one more show uh, while I was uh, sitting in, so I wanted to get this in before Doc started back with episode 162. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that I got episode 161 in. Uh, and uh, so the Voice of the Resistance will be back with you on tomorrow. Tell somebody with it, like and share. And uh, we just appreciate you so very much. Uh, but I'm going to tie this all in with uh, this uh, we're constantly, uh, we, we're at a point in our nation where we're constantly looking for conspiracies. And there's been a lot of conspiracy uh, accusations. I'm not going to use the word theory any longer because when there are conspiracies, uh, it's not a theory. And that, that's, that's part of my uh, subject for tonight. But uh, we, we have seen so much of this and we have seen things that just just absolutely don't that does not make any sense uh, whether it's the Uvalde school shooting whether it's immigration uh, whether it is uh, the Russian collusion whether it is um, you know Russia uh, whether it is uh, the Ukraine whatever it may be 
and and we we got to the place where we say, you know what, this is not conspiracy theory any longer. There there is a uh, I, I believe personally there is a global there's a global effort to take down America. Uh, I, I don't know how much of this is uh, involved, but I, I know for a fact, I'm not saying any of this, whether it's energy, food, uh, the school shootings, I'm not saying any of that is part of that conspiracy. Listen, we have enough danger and we have enough nuts and enough demonic people uh, in this country uh, without the globalists, but uh, the globalists themselves said back in 2020 that this was a global reset and they were going to use, they indicated at least, they were going to use the pandemic uh, to reset things globally and for a new and fresh world order. Uh, and, and I'm just going to tell you that world order does not include America being the preeminent uh, leader of the free world because there will not be a free world at that point. And so, uh, you know, we are to resist uh, at every uh, angle. Uh, we are to resist at the voting booth. Uh, you know, if you if you vote for someone, there was almost 60,000 people that voted for Doc. Uh, they voted for Doc for one reason, because he was the most conservative. If your candidate has no uh, has no chance of winning. Vote for them anyway. Resist every way that you know that is lawful, is legal. Uh, you you resist, you resist, you resist because there is an onslaught. There's an onslaught in morality. There's an onslaught financially. There's an there is, and we saw this start with o Obama, a a uh, direct and intentional. A desire to destroy this country from within, to destroy its moral compass, to get us at each other's throat, to make us dependent on other people, on energy, uh, and uh, and and then we have the just the the total uh, breakdown of voter integrity in in 2020, and so. Uh, it is it is clear there is an onset. Uh, how much of and what parts of it is global? What parts of it is just graft and greed and corruption? I, I, I wouldn't pretend to, to be able to tell you, uh, but I can tell you that all of it together uh, is pretty devastating. And uh, but the bottom line is we we keep resisting. We keep doing what we can. Uh, and. Uh, and, and I believe that good things will uh, come as a result of it. Uh, I want to talk to you uh, here uh, for the next few minutes. I want to kind of focus on what I think is uh, so very important uh, and uh, uh, for the, this this last show that I'm doing before Doc comes back in uh, episode 162. Uh, but I want to uh, focus on uh, the, you know, the conspiracies uh, that are uh, made up uh, that that have been uh, prevalent in the last, at least especially the last couple of years. Also, I want to talk about the uh, the corruptness in certain areas that that is even uh, worse than we first thought. Uh, 
I think it's uh, so so very important that we uh, that we see this and we know exactly what is uh, going on uh, and uh, how it's uh, how it's uh, happening. And so uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back uh, and look at it. And so I would uh, uh, I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some some things that I think are uh, so, so very important. And, and one is uh, the, uh, the third wave of food inflation and how important it is for us to tighten our belt uh, to make some, uh, I believe, some, some fundamental changes in how we live our lives. As Americans, we have lived our lives uh, very, very, uh, freely and very uh, kind of lackadaisical, to be quite honest. At least uh, I have, and I think we're 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 moving toward a time that we've got to be much more intentional uh, financially and in those ways. A lot of you are already that way. You're very intentional. You're very saving-minded. Uh, you're very self-surviving, self-sufficient-minded. I think a lot of us have lived, you know, off of restaurants and lived off of, you know, manufactured food and, and those things. And I just think I really, you know, and and there's always been money for the mortgage. There's always been money <clears throat> for the different notes. And I really think uh, I want to talk about this next wave of food inflation, but I want to talk to about it in a broader sense of what I believe we need to do as Americans and how sobering. Uh, but always remember this, that in the times of great tumult, in the times of great challenge, there's always wonderful opportunities. And, uh, and so when we come back, I'd like to explore this and talk about it with you. And I think we can, uh, I, I think there's going to be some, some great things uh, come out of it that uh, always does when there's, you know, when we are, uh, when, when we are challenged, uh, there's always the good, there, there's always good that comes as a result of this. And there's, there's no, uh, no exception here. I believe that we're going to, uh, we're going to see that happen again. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean we don't have to go through some, you know, some tough times. And I believe that's going to, I, I believe that's going to, uh, uh, be the case here. I believe at the end of the day, it's going to be some good things. We'll come back here in just a moment, reset, and then we're going to dive right into the next wave of food inflation uh, and what else it will entail, but also uh, what I believe the good things that can result from it. We'll be right back. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. 
As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton... Make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right. This is Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn. This is the Doc Washburn podcast and this is episode 161 and thankfully doc will be back for episode 162 so stay tuned tune in tomorrow and uh and you can uh, you can be a part of that that'll be a monday for some of you uh and so that, that i'm talking about uh right now and so uh we're looking forward to that. But I want to talk to you about the third wave of food inflation. Uh, but I don't I want, don't want to leave you hopeless. Uh, hopeless. I don't want to leave you downcast. Uh, I want you to understand something about this. But I, I want to read this to you. Uh, and this comes actually from uh, this was a website that I heard uh, the late, great, uh, one and only uh Rush Limbaugh talk about years ago called the last refuge. Uh, and, uh, it is their actual URL is the conservative treehouse.com, the conservative treehouse.com. Um, and the name of the website is the last refuge. Uh, and it is, uh, I would hear doc, I'm sorry, rush talk about it and referring to it quite often. And, uh, and so I, uh, I was, you know, just kind of fascinated by it and, and looking at it and what it, uh, uh, and, and many times have found a, a lot of really, really good, uh, good stuff here that I think is, um, just really, really 
powerful and uh, and important. I think it's uh, uh, and and uh, these are just some really seem like some really great guys over there at Conservative Treehouse. So give them a listen. Uh, and uh, but but they talk about this third wave of um, of food inflation that is coming. And I think uh, what we're going to see uh, with this, uh, there's going to be um, a, a really, really um, uh, serious, serious time in, in this nation. You know, we've, we've, we've had our times uh, in the uh, 20s and 30s or in the 30s. Uh, and then we had some time in the 80s and 90s, and then we in the 2000s uh, early we had uh, some some things that was really um, serious uh, financially. But I don't think we will have anything uh, that's quite like this. And I think it's you know the housing market being as high as it is. I know my wife and I have actually put our house on the market. It's you know, almost 3,000 square feet. There's just two of us. Our kids are all grown. There's no way we need this much space. Um, and so we're, we're downsizing and, you know, pride and we love our home. Uh, we raise our kids here. This is the only home our grandkids know. Uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's not easy. Uh, and it's, you know, and, and I, I would never uh, even consider it if my wife would not have, said, you know, yeah, I think it's, I think it's time, uh, because I just, you know, I feel like that's something that, uh, I want her to be comfortable with and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and to, to not regret. Uh, but, but I've been feeling this for now about four years. When I say I'm feeling it, you know, just kind of something in the back of your mind. It's like, man, we need to, we need to tighten up. We need to, get debt free. We don't need to be exposed in any way. And, uh, and, and so I want to encourage you in that, that uh, we're seeing, uh, and, you know, food inflation just, you know, rocket, uh, you know, really just, uh, explode. And, uh, and so I, I think it's important. And I think the food inflation part, uh, is, is really, uh, just the start. Um, Let's see here. I, w I wanted to show you something about some food inflation uh, trends. Uh, it says uh, half of consumers have experienced higher prices of all types of restaurants. Three and four said they have to spend more for groceries. Uh, most consumers, 71%, say they have noticed rising prices at the grocery store. Um, so let's let's let's. I want to I want to show you kind of some. Um, well, the USDA, now this is the government. If the government is already telling you uh, that, you know, uh, food prices are, are going to be high, the USDA in 2022 food price inflation forecast already at 14-year high, expected to rise even more. Um, USDA forecast for consumer food prices, this is in April, uh, now are seeing rise of 5 to 6%, uh, 4 and half to 5.5% in March. Uh, grocery store prices expected to rise five to six percent. Um, taking the midpoint of USDA forecast ranges, all food prices inflation would be the highest since uh, it was 5.5 percent in 2008. Um, the consumer price index for all food increases one percent from February to uh, March. Uh, 
Food prices were 8.8% higher than they were a year ago. Uh, the food away from home restaurant purchases was 7% higher, 6.9 to be exact. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of, uh, wholesale beef prices increased by 3.6 in March. More food price, uh, forecast, uh, more food price increases coming. Uh, restaurant prices to increase another five to six percent. Uh, says, uh, history suggests USA, USDA may arrive at its final outlook for all food and food prices in August. That would depend on good, uh, on food price inflation, uh, cont- uh, data not continuing to build as we move farther. Uh, one report that I read said that there is a 42 percent high in uh in food inflation and that comes on the heels of a lot of people not having a raise in a long time and uh you know when you're having inflation overall inflation of three percent um then that means your money whatever you're making in uh what 2020 and now you're in 2022 is six percent has six percent less buying power three percent a year but then when you have certain aspects like fuel uh, is up 30, 40, 50%. You have, um, uh, food up, you know, substantially and other, other products, all products that are, uh, imported, uh, a lot of manufactured lumber and on and on. Uh, then that's not always just the things you buy at the counter, but it's, you know, work you haven't done, HVAC and remodeling or, or repairs or roofing, uh, because you have a, you have roof damage or your, your car, uh, insurance goes up because those materials go up and your homeowners goes up because the building materials go up. And so it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, the opposite of compound interest, but it's compound inflation. And so it's not just a three or five percent, uh, increase. It is multiples, uh, that are passed on to you and, uh, either through your direct buying, whether it be in a restaurant or in a, in a grocery store or through services that you purchase or products that you purchase, purchase like insurance or like, uh, service related uh, products and, uh, their fuels going up. So not only are you paying for the increase in fuel for your car, now you're pre- paying for the increase in fuel for the HVAC guy, for the electrician, for the, uh, for the handyman or wh- whomever, or the yard guy. So no longer is your yard costing you, you know, 50, 60 bucks uh, a pop. Now it's costing you, you know, 70, 80 bucks a pop. Uh, because the fuel's going up to, for the yard person to get there, the fuel's going up. And I know a lot of you mow your own yard. A lot of people, uh, you know, we, some of us have been used to having somebody else do that. Uh, and, and, and quite honestly, I believe our lives are, are going to change. I believe we're going to, you know, and, and, and I mean, let's face it and, and please, uh, know that I realize, you know, I mean, for years I changed my own oil. For years I put my own brakes on my car. For years I, I mowed my own yard. So, you know, don't, don't think I, I don't know what that's about. It's been a long time. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, and so that I have to mow my own yard is not, 
uh, at, at the end of the world by any stretch, or I have to uh, change my own oil. That's, you know, that's that's not the end of the world by any stretch whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, please don't don't think I'm 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 thinking that way. And when I think about hard times, I'm not ta- I'm not talking about me mowing my own yard being hard times. I'm talking about uh, either, you know, just uh, the 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 economy tanking to such a degree that there are either, uh, you know, no jobs or very little jobs uh, and and wages are, are and inflation is so high that, you know, literally it takes, uh, you know, most of your money to buy food and buy fuel. And uh, and so there is no money for uh, uh, for a mortgage. There is no money for a car note. Uh, and so we're, we're not talking about, you know, uh, life being hard because I got to cut my own yard. We're talking about, you know, uh, as the Bible says, you know, a wheelbarrow of silver to buy a loaf of bread. That's what we're talking about, uh, with hyperinflation. Uh, and so I, I don't know how, how it will go. I don't know what will happen. Uh, I don't, I can't foresee the future. Uh, but I do know there are people that would be more than happy for us uh, to, uh, and that's it's 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 horrible to even think about. But there are people literally in our U.S. government uh, that would love to see us uh, on our knees and and be like a third world country. And somehow they think that would make everything, you know, more fair and equitable. And and finally we would get our our you know, just, uh, you know, desert, uh, uh, what we deserve justly. Uh, and, and that's how twisted these people are. Uh, but, you know, he, here's what I, I would recommend is I, and then I want to give you some encouragement. So, cause I've kind of given you a dark picture here, but I would recommend that we, uh, you know, we, we make all the changes possible that if you know, you've ever thought about downsizing, I would go ahead and move toward that downsize and not not sell your home at a, you know far less than what you would have don't panic uh, it's just like when we were looking at selling our home and we talked to the you know the real estate person and they were like oh we can sell it in two weeks I'm like look I'm not interested in selling in two weeks I'm inter- interested in selling it for every dime I can get out of it and so if it sits there for three months so be it you know we're not in a hurry uh, we're not in a rush. We're not, we're not in a bind. Uh, you know, so we're not, we're not wanting you to sell in two weeks. If it sells in two weeks, that's fine. Uh, but I want to sell for what we want for it in two weeks. I'm not interested in, in making it to where it is attractive to buyers. I want them to feel it. I, you know, this is, I'm 61 years of age. This is my last, you know, at bat when it comes to a major, uh, you know, my own major personal, um, asset, you know, thankfully we've got a few things we uh, have and working on uh, for income streams, you know, for retirement. But as far as a personal asset, this is this is it. And so I got to knock it out of the park. I'm not worried about being, you know, doing it fast. But I want to take that money and uh, get, you know, as much as possible. <clears throat> a little bit of debt that we have, I want to get it taken care of because I think that's just, you know, 
Uh, and, and here's the thing. If we don't need to do that, if we, if we get to, you know, a point where we say, Hey, it was all a, you know, false flag and it didn't happen. Hey, man, there won't be a happier person on the earth than me. Uh, but I would rather have done it and not needed to than needed to and, and didn't foresee it. And, and again, this is not investment advice. This is not, uh, even, uh, advice that you should do it. Uh, I'm giving you, uh, strictly an opinion. I just know for the last three or four years, kind of in the back of my head, there's been like this little, you know, something saying, uh, get ready, get ready for, you know, batting down the hatches. Uh, and, and I think honestly, if I'm feeling that probably most of you somewhere in the back of your mind, but see, we've always, uh, and, and many of you are, are younger, uh, maybe a few of you are my age or older, uh, but we, we have lived in a relatively very prosperous America. And I don't know that that is, uh, the, the distant future for us. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, and, uh, and I'm certainly, uh, I never am, uh, accused of being a doomsdayer or being, uh, negative. Um, but, uh, I, I think it is reality and I think we have to, uh, prepare ourselves, uh, for such an eventuality. Uh, but when we come back, I want to finish this segment and I want to finish it on a high note because I believe that with every, uh, problem and with every, uh, tough time, there comes tremendous opportunity. And so I want to, uh, I want to end on that note, uh, this segment. Then I want to move on to the conspiracy aspect that I want to talk about. We'll be right back and, uh, give you some highlights and some, some things to look forward to despite what may be coming down the pipe. We'll be right back. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule, call now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? 
Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood and Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right. Again, this is the Doc Washburn Show and podcast, and this is Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn. This is episode 161, and it is my final episode uh, to be subbing for Doc, and he'll be back for episode 162. And he's excited about it and got a great show lined up for you. And uh, it'll be this show will be ready to be downloaded here in just a few moments. Uh, it's actually Monday morning, about 1:17 a.m. Uh, Central Time, and uh, Doc will be on here around 11 a.m. Uh, and then the, we'll have that show downloaded um, just right not long after that, just after noon uh, Central Time uh, on the uh, on the. Uh, First of, uh, or the 30th rather, the 30th of May. So, uh, but anyway, this is episode 161. Doc will be with us on episode 162. I want to, I can't thank you enough. I got quite a few on here that are hanging with me here at 117 a.m. I thank you guys. You have been such an encouragement and I appreciate you so very much. And I am, uh, I'm, I'm, we're talking about maybe doing a once a week uh, uh, episode or once a week uh, podcast that I'll do. And I'm thinking about calling it faith and life. And what I'll do is take things that are going on, whether it be the economy, whether it be uh, things going on in politics or, or crime or whatever, kind of weave that in and talk about those current events uh, in the aspect of faith and call it faith and life. And uh, so that's something we're kind of bouncing around uh, and, uh, and so we may be doing that, uh, in, in the future. That'll be a weekly thing. Doc will be here every single day and, uh, I can't wait for him to get back. And I know you can as well, but I have been so thankful, honored 
to sit in for Doc and that he would ask me and that you would spend this time with me means the world to me. So uh, I didn't want to leave you uh, with this uh, just kind of downtrodden. We've always tried to be positive, even though we're talking about things that are uh, negative. And we've been talking about for the last 47 uh, minutes uh, about the coming food inflation and then the overall inflation that looks like is coming our way and that really downsizing, simplifying, uh, and it's probably things that we need to do anyway, just from a stewardship and from a good management standpoint. Um, but I think the coming times, and certainly if Democrats stay in office uh, for any foreseeable time, uh, man, you know, the, these people are, I mean, they're an economy's worst friend, uh, you know, because you're paying less than $2 uh, for gas under President Trump and you're paying, I paid 402 uh, tonight, uh, and that's in the South. That's where gas is cheap, uh, 402. Uh, right down from my house there at the Circle at Circle K, just not far from uh, where we live. <coughs> Excuse me. But I wanted to encourage you in something tonight, and that is uh, that uh, in every difficulty there is always opportunity. In fact, if you'll think about it, in in every great story in the Bible, but also not just in the Bible, but every great story in history, every. Uh, whether it be a fable or whether it be a, a great story, true story, historical type story. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, I'm referring to the Bible that every great story in the Bible, uh, and, and the great miracles and the great victories and the great, um, shows of courage and faith and all those things, those are all born from uh, misfortune. They were all born from uh, trouble and cares and challenges. Uh, and we know who David is because he fought Goliath. We know who the Hebrew children are because they uh, were cast into a fiery furnace. We know who Daniel is because he spent the night at the hands of a king uh, in a den full of hungry lions. And on and on there are these wonderful, wonderful stories uh, whether it's Abraham and Moses and the children of Israel uh, uh, and their exodus from Pharaoh, uh, all of these are uh, cliffhangers and they're rife with danger and and all kinds of challenges. Uh, but yet we tell the stories and I'm able to recant, recount the stories to you this evening uh, because there was trouble. And, and good things happen in the midst of trouble. And I want to encourage you. Uh, you know, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. And, uh, he said, uh, you know, I have, for I have overcome the world. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. That word tribulation actually means big trouble. In this world, you will have big trouble, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And so I want to encourage you. Now, there's some things that we need to do. You know, David had to pick up a stone and put it in the sling, uh, but but God took it from there. So there's some things we need to do. So if there's some simplification and there's some uh, belt tightening that we need to do, then we need to do it. But at the same time, uh, having the faith and believing uh, that uh, in the in spite of what's going on, in spite of the trouble, in spite of the cares. In spite of what's happening, uh, 
we can see good things happen. And so I want to encourage you in that tonight. I want to, uh, I want to end this segment, uh, right there. And then I want to pick up with the, uh, just the, and I guess I'm going back a, a, a little bit, uh, negative here. Uh, but I just, I think it's so, uh, important that this is highlighted. Uh, and that is the extreme, uh, c- corrupt, uh, corruptness and, uh, corruption, uh, and, um, graft that is the, uh, is, is so prevalent in America today. And, uh, uh, I want to read something from you from May 29th. Uh, it is uh, deeper in the cover-up. Early 2018, Andrew Weissman instructed everyone of the special counsel team to wipe their cell phones. Folks, this is the America that we live in. Uh, Sundance writes, this is on the conservative treehouse or the last refuge. Conservativetreehouse.com. In the aftermath of the late summer of 2017, Page struck, or as Rush used to say, struck stroke, (laughs) uh, cell phone text messages, which started to identify the DOJ and FBI targeting operation against Donald Trump. The DOJ Office of the Inspector General decided he'd better look at the communications inside the rest of the Mueller-Wiseman team. Early in 2018, uh, 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 Horowitz asked for all the special counsel's cell phones. Andrew Wiseman knew there would be trouble. The special counsel operation was at a critical juncture, so he instructed the team to wipe them uh, quickly. Eventually, records were released in 2020 showing how the Weissman-Mueller special counsel team accidentally wiped 15 iPhones of all data early in 2018 after the phones were requested by the OIG office for review. Mueller's lead investigator, Andrew Weissman, said he accidentally wiped two phones himself through a lengthy process of entering the wrong passcode several times over a period of three hours, removing data to, to show his activity during the special, special counsel. Weissman claimed to have entered the wrong password. It takes 10 attempts, by the way, that erased all the data. Greg Andre, a former deputy assistant attorney general in the Justice Department's criminal division, made the same claim. Wiping your phone to hide damaging information only works if the other phone you are communicating with wipes the same data. Guess what happened? Yep, exactly that. All of the cell phones connected to the key participants in the Mueller operation deleted their phone content, rendering a review impossible. James Quarles III, who worked with Mueller in a private practice at the Washington office of Wilmer Hale, claimed his iPhone magically erased itself. Before joining the special counsel team, Mr. Rush Atkinson worked under Andrew Weissman in the DOJ's criminal fraud section, where he specialized in financial fraud. Atkinson claims he, too, entered the wrong password 
10 times and accidentally erased all the data. At least 12 other people assigned to the special counsel investigation had similar phone wiped erased issues, which blocked the inspector general from his review. One accidental method used repeatedly was to place the iPhone in airplane mode and then lock it without providing the password. Retrieval attempts then erased all data and returned to factory settings after unsuccessful passcode entries. And they actually have the, uh, they actually have the, uh, the activity of the phone here uh, in a PDF. As we have previously mentioned, the two-year Wiseman Mueller Special Counsel, May 27th through April 2019, was a continuum of the corrupt DOJ and FBI efforts that originated prior to the 2016 election. Most of the internal FBI and DOJ officials just transferred from the Clinton email investigation into the crossfire hurricane investigation, then into the Wiseman Mueller special counsel investigation. The corrupt activity with the special counsel tenure was actually worse than the corrupt activity that preceded it. In early 2018, the special counsel operation was at the apex. The special counsel team had just discovered the investigation of Senate, uh, Senate Intelligence Committee's director, Security Director James Wolf from the FBI investigation file turned over to them for review before the criminal grand jury was seated. D.C. U.S. Attorney Jesse Liu, in charge of the criminal case against Wolf, had just notified uh, journalist Allie Watkins of the New York Times of the search warrant that was used to look at her communication with the Senate security officer. There was a confluence of events swirling around the Weissman team that needed to be handled very carefully if their cover-up op operation was to continue. There were also concerns in the early spring of the 2018 that special counsel could be shut down if all these issues were not handled carefully. Thankfully, the special counsel team had full control over Maine Justice and Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein was giving them free reign to preserve the institutions under the auspice of the Trump-Russia investigation. It was in the early spring of 2018 when a great deal of activity was needed in order to tamp down and cover up the DOJ and FBI conduct. The officer, the office of the inspector general asking to review their communications was problematic. So the special counsel team scrubbed all the information, phone information, reset their priorities and got back on mission. To give you a, a different, a different, an idea of how difficult it is to wipe an iPhone, watch this uh, video. The gateway to expose the corrupt DOJ and FBI officials does not lie at the end of the path where you find Hillary Clinton, Perkins Cole, uh, Coey, Fusion GPS, or any of the cohorts and corrupt political media allies. Following that trail leads to obfuscation, mistakes were made, in quotes, justification, institutional preservation. Instead, the way to expose the corrupt DOJ and FBI officials lies at the end of the path walked by the Mueller Wiseman Special Counsel. Follow the Wiseman Trail and you walk right in the front door of Maine Justice and the Central Washington, D.C. Uh, FBI office. And uh, folks, I'm telling you, th these people are so, so very corrupt. Um, will they ever be caught? Uh, I don't know. Uh, will they ever uh, pay for what they've done? Um, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, what I do know is irony of irony, 
is you have Bob Mueller that is supposed to be Mr. Integrity. You have Andrew Weissman, who is a white collar criminal, uh, you know, bona fide. Uh, and then you have all these assistants uh, of Weissman that are nothing but white collar criminals. And uh, they are investigating Donald Trump. <clears throat> but these are the people that you have in charge of the FBI and you have in charge of the Department of Justice. These are the people that are supposed to be getting to the bottom of corruption, and they are the corruption. So I want to end this episode and our time together. I'm sure we'll have some time down the road when uh, Doc is is uh, taking a vacation or whatever, if he chooses to uh, allow me to sit in, and I will look so forward to it. But I want to finish with this. You know, we have been uh, castigated. We have been accused of being conspiracy theorists. But when you have conspiracies like uh, fuel uh, product, fuel supplies being shut off, uh, pipelines being shut down, uh, fuel production being dissuaded in America, uh, and then then fuel is doubling in price, you know, 50%, and then eventually 100% uh, plus increase in fuel, uh, in home heating fuel, in natural gas, uh, in gasoline for automobiles. That, my friend, is not a conspiracy. That is not a theory. It is a conspiracy uh, that is real. Uh, when you have uh, Donald Trump, who is wiretapped, and they all laughed when he said he was being wiretapped, and they said he was paranoid, and then it was found to be true that he was wiretapped. Uh, when you have uh, election integrity issues all over America, especially in these five states, and you have Joe Biden who can't draw flies to a picnic, and he gets more uh, votes than any presidential a candidate in history. Folks, that is not a theory. That is a conspiracy. That is a conspiracy uh, to undermine uh, this republic. It's a conspiracy to destroy this nation. Uh, and uh, you no longer have to feel like a conspiracy theorist. Uh, you no longer have to feel like somebody that's making some, something up. Uh, and then we have Uvalde happen. You have 19 or 20 uh, police officers that sit outside while a gunman comes in, a gunman who worked part-time at Wendy's, uh, who constantly was being made fun of because he was so poor, uh, who had on a Kevlar vest, who had two AR-15s, who had hundreds of dollars worth of ammunition. And he's able to go into a school uh, while the police sit outside and arrest parents who are trying to go in and and uh, and and save their children, folks. That is not a theory. Uh, that is plain fact. And you see uh, Las Vegas, and and to this day, no one has fully explained how one man uh, could sneak that many guns into a hotel room past. Uh, unbelievable security in these casino hotels, and then he could set up and he could shoot 
Uh, and there's many, many other factors. And whether it's the Sacramento terrorists or whether it is the school shooters uh, in multiple schools, uh, whether it is Uvalde, whether it is Connecticut, whether it is uh, the, the church shooter in Michigan, and you, you see uh, these people who were on FBI watch list, and now they're off of FBI watch list, and you have to say to yourself, what in the world is going on? But here's the one thing that we can be sure of. It is no longer that we are conspiracy theorists. It is a conspiracy, and it's not a theory. And so when we come back, we're going to do our tweet of the day and, uh, and then we'll, we'll be wrapping it up. But I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, uh, give you just a little bit, uh, of, of, of taste of this, what I feel like is this idea that we're conspiracy theorists and, and relieve your minds of that, uh, or relieve your minds of that. This is not, uh, theory. Uh, we, we, are seeing things play out that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, we'll be right, right back and we'll wrap up. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look at the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. You're outside central Arkansas. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, you are listening to the Dot Washburn Show and podcast. I'm Donnie Copeland, sitting in for Dot Washburn. This is episode 161, and Dot will be back tomorrow with episode 162. And uh, after a hiatus, uh, certainly not uh, sitting around doing nothing, but uh, working hard and running for a governor, and uh, and so kind of getting back in the swing of things, and be back tomorrow, and looking forward to that. Uh, our tweet of the day is brought to you by Red River Your Way. Red River Your Way is that uh, car dealership that believes in liberty. You can go to redriveryourway.com. Uh, you can pick out the car that you want. You can arrange your financing that meets your budget. And then once you have that all completed, they'll deliver that car right to where you live, no matter where it may be in the United States of America. And uh, we have had tremendous, tremendous uh 
wonderful experiences with Red River Your Way, heard great things from not only the ones that we know personally and people on our staff here that have bought cars from Red River Your Way, but others, and they have had uh, nothing but tremendous, tremendous experience. <clears throat> and we believe you will too. Uh, also, uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, background for Red River Your Way. When uh, Doc was fired from Cumulus Media and was looking to start this podcast, the first person to call us, we didn't call them, uh, soliciting them. They called us, Mitch Ward, the owner of Red River Your Way, and said, we want to be your first advertiser. And that's how they got started uh, with us, and we got started with them. So we are so thankful to be a part of Red River Your Way and appreciate you so very much. So today we are, uh, we are giving you our tweet of the day and, uh, <laughs> oh, shoot, uh, Elon Musk is just, it seems like continually he's, uh, uh, let's see, uh, oh, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, I thought this was good. Uh, he said, uh, it's been five days since the Uvalde tragedy, uh, she said, Sarah Gonzalez. It's been five days since the Uvalde tragedy. Has anyone heard why the uh, teacher propped open the door? Um, let's see. Um, uh, just had a four-hour meeting with parents whose school was socially transitioning their daughter for months without their knowledge. This is from Billboard Chris. Their estimate is about 45 kids are transitioning. Almost all of them are girls, mostly in middle school. Uh, and so my question is, why in the world doesn't these parents know what's going on? Two, why are schools uh, transitioning, socially transitioning students? Uh, is that why kids can't read anymore? Because uh, schools are socially engineering. Good grief. Um, okay. The police chief of the Uvalde CISD police donated money to Act Blue in December of 2017 that was earmarked for uh, Beto, Beto Auroric. Shocker, right? Uh, Emma Hessner, who just graduated from, um, Harvard said, I just walked out of the Harvard graduation because I didn't want to listen to Merrick Garland talk about himself for 30 minutes and shows her walking out. Uh, Texas Ranger 724 says, uh, does anyone think that there's something that doesn't feel right about Uvalde? Yeah. Like doesn't feel right about Las Vegas. Doesn't feel right about the school shootings in a lot of places, quite honestly. Kathy Barnett says, we have real problems, America. We will need adults in the room to fix them or we can come up uh, or we can keep coming up with snappy comebacks and nothing gets resolved. Our kids continue to be in danger. Babies still don't have formula. Inflation continues to rise and more food shortages. Uh, Kevin Sorbo is always good for a good Twitter. Uh, could have been, could have had some mean tweets and cheap gas 
but instead we got war and food shortages. Yep. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, a thing, a thing that irks me beyond measure, the chief of police of Uvalde, not long ago, a 911 dispatcher had the ultimate mitigated gall to say, well, we're so grateful no police officer lost their life. And we are definitely thankful that no police officers died, but, uh, you know, we don't want anybody to, uh, wish anybody to die, but what we wish was the police would have done their job there. Um, um, I, I saw a, I, I'm going to finish with this. I saw a, a meme. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. I may have it in my photographs because I saved it. Uh, yes. How gun control works. It shows a wolf biting a lamb or a sheep. Says a wolf attacks a sheep, killing it. Uh, second one. Other sheep see that the sheep was killed by teeth. The teeth are dangerous. So all the sheep agreed to remove their teeth. Uh, uh, scene four. The wolf still has teeth. And so that, that really is the bottom line. How gun control works. Man, I'm so thankful that you guys have spent this time with me and I've really enjoyed it so very much. I'm very thankful to Doc Washburn for giving me this opportunity and uh, look forward to speaking with you again. And uh, if we get this faith in life off the ground and end up doing it, we'll make sure that we let you know and we'll advertise it through uh, Doc here. And it'll be a, a part of our uh, network here at Yet Your Media. Uh, but uh, looking forward to episode 162 and uh, the voice of the resistance coming online. And that is Doc Washburn. This has been episode 161. Uh, I hope that we remember this Memorial Day uh, and uh, the price that has been paid. It is not a day just to get together with family, to have a day off, to barbecue, to picnic, but it is a time to remember those that have been injured uh, or have lost their lives so that we can be free. I, one of the best things that I've read said, if you wonder what Memorial Day is about, then go check out the 630 acres uh, in, uh, in the Arlington Cemetery and it'll remind you of why we are free. Uh, anything this uh, uh, precious, anything this wonderful uh, has to be defended, will continue to have to be uh, defended uh, because liberty, the, the fight for liberty is never won. Uh, it is a constant battle. And I'm glad that I have people like you to stand beside and to fight for liberty. God bless you. God bless America and uh, hope that everything goes well with you.